0: guys my name is landry i'm a coach here with evoke and this is josh who i'm sure you know and what's up this, <laughs> this is the first uh podcast that we're gonna do where we are answering your training questions uh from discord so we've started a new thread in discord if you're not in discord join the discord it'll be in the description below we talk training We share pictures. We do anything imaginable, just as long as it's related to bikes. It's awesome. Go ahead and join it. Um, But, anyways, this is a new podcast we are doing where we will answer your questions uh, in the Discord. So, there's a thread called Discord Dojo. You can answer or you can ask any question and we'll answer it. Um, If you don't know me, uh, I joined Evoke as a coach about a month ago. Uh, prior to that, I was running my own coaching business, and Brennan talked me into coming to Evoke. i uh, been racing since I was 14 years old, um, 25 now, and um, also, in addition to coaching, I'm doing research as a grad student at App State and hoping to graduate with my master's in exercise science this spring, hopefully, so,
1: yeah, and this is... Josh. <laughs> well, dude, I wanted to add, I'll do my introduction, but I wanted to add to yours and say, you had some amazing dude. the articles that you've done on the evoke website are awesome. And people should look you up on the tra- on training peaks for all yeah. your articles there. Cause they're all awesome. Like seriously, I think with all the research you've done, like, you know, your stuff and you have a good way of getting the point across. So definitely yeah. get on training peaks, check it out. Um, but Josh cyclocross mountain bike road, gravel guy and um yeah Landry this was all Landry's idea with these questions submitted by all the users and the athletes and he was like let's do this and this is a great idea so I'm happy that you brought me in here man
0: yeah we'll see this is uh, I think my first podcast I've ever done so we'll see how it goes be be, be patient be kind to me
1: <laughs> you're killing it so far man
0: okay so Um, We picked four questions out of the discord this time Um, and they're all sort of interrelated sort of to base season or high intensity interval training. Um, So yeah, we'll just jump into it. So first question is from Steve Harris and he says uh, Zwift racing is taking up the spot where traditional cyclocross and off season uh, slash base training occur. Wauw uh, van Aert and Mathieu van der Poel seem to be racing year-round. Uh, Patrick Wall as well. Uh, is this sustainable with mid-season breaks? Um, maybe as long as you try to stay polarized, this will help with burnout. Lots of thoughts here. So, yeah. He's asking, is it sustainable to race year-round without
1: burning out? I mean... I think it depends. There's different ways of answering this, right? Like like everything, like all these questions, it's going to be, and it depends. It depends on what your goals are. You know, like if you enjoy racing on Zwift, if Zwift is your thing, then yeah, you could you could figure it out. But if your goals are to upgrade in the road or, or upgrading cross or whatever, or something outside of Zwift, um, then, then probably not. I think it can be a good tool in, in, a, in a, an athlete's tool belt to get some Zwift racing in but I don't necessarily think racing all season long as your intensity. It's like, I, I kind of see um, Zwift racing as like the group ride where it's like this, this gray zone where you're not really getting your intervals in and you're getting extra zone one and you're not really riding endurance, but, but, but it's still, it's fun. Like there's a place yeah. for it. So yeah. what are your
0: thoughts? Well, I agree with the Zwift racing. It's, it kind of usually ends up being sort of like a sweet spot workout, <laughs> which I'm not a huge fan of unless you go and do Alpda Zwift and just go balls out for like 45 minutes, <laughs> but that's a good threshold workout. If you want to kill yourself, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe not year round, but I think you can definitely combine like cyclocross season and then road season. You just have to really periodize it. Right. I mean, cause we see obviously Wow. Vennart Van and Vanderpool, they're, killing it in the road season and they're killing it in the cross season, but they also take breaks and they periodize it and then they return to the base season. Um, I tend to st- stock guys on Strava. So, and, uh, just anecdotally, I, I remember, you know, wow, Vener, he takes, he'll take like a couple weeks off after cross season and then he'll like go to a training camp and he'll just do base miles, um, like in February and then, you know so he's not like just racing year round he's making sure that he takes the breaks and that he does the base training uh and that just builds up because if you're just doing max efforts and like racing year round that's sooner or later that's going to catch up with you and you're not going to be improving anymore
1: for sure dude that's like i think of like i don't want to take a shots at Miami, but I'm saying those guys do like the group rides year round. Like I know some guys down there yeah. and they're like, yeah, I feel like my, my fitness is kind of plateaued. And it's like, yeah, cause you're kind of, you're doing the same rides over and over yeah. and over again. You know, like you do need to periodize to get that time to have those peaks and valleys. And then also I wanted to say, Speaking of like, wow. And, and Vanderpool, and you, you got to throw Pidcock in the mix as well. It's like, mm-hmm. those dudes all are also outliers, you know? And this yeah. is the like kind of, when I talked to all those, I've done these interviews with the cyclocross guys and they're all like, yeah, dude, like I would love to be there. Like those dudes are just on another planet, you know? Yeah. Um, and then also like you look at those dudes aren't doing a full season. It's not like they're doing their full road season and then doing a full cross season. Like they're picking and choosing what they yeah. want to do. Like Wout just came back. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Did just win his first two races back or, <laughs> Was it three races? No, two. Was it two? I don't know. But um, but yeah. So it's like it's it's they 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 do have like strange yeah. seasons. Yeah, I mean, I think even Tom
0: Pidcock he just started racing too. So and they're yeah. not they're not going straight from like well, I didn't go straight from Paris Roubaix to two weeks later starting to race. Yeah, Plus, if he had done that, I mean, he would have been destroyed because he raced the tour, and then he raced worlds, and then he raced Paris and you have to take those breaks. And you yeah. also, you also got to work on different skills. Cause I mean, I, I talk about this a lot, but you just have to I actually think I have a blog post coming out about this, but you have to work on the basics too. You can't just always be hammering it. And if you can get those foundational skills of just being an efficient bike rider, building that aerobic base, and then, and then laying on top of the intensity, you're going to get stronger year after year as if you're just
1: versus just going hard all the time for sure dude and 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 i think for me and i'm curious of your opinion on this is like a mental break sometimes yeah. it's nice to just take a break from doing like right re- like hitting all those intervals you know like it's you look forward to base season you look forward to just doing some endurance rise and yeah. you have some intensity in there but it also makes you mentally hungry for when those intervals are going to hit you know yeah um so yeah So, I mean, well, how would we, how would we sum this up? You think what's the, uh, what's the, what's the answer?
0: Um, I think racing year round, like the whole year is not realistic. I think, you know, maybe you could do two seasons if you periodize it properly. Um, but that you have to take breaks and you have to make sure that you, um, that you, periodize it and that you you sort of instead of looking at a whole training year like a whole 12 month training year that you kind
1: of look at it as maybe two six month training years is the way that I would put it I think a little planning goes a long way and not to evoke can help you with that but any coaching can help you with that I'm saying you know I think just doing some planning or do some research on your own if you really want to throw your Zwift races in and you want to do your road racing and you want to race cross or whatever yeah put some planning in there you know um but yeah. 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 It can definitely get kind of complicated when you're racing multiple disciplines.
0: I mean, I know I, I coach a guy who does cross, but then he, he also wants to do gravel racing in like April and March. And so it's like, I have him taking a break for like two weeks now, and then we're going to go back into like some lower intensity based stuff and strength training, but I'm not really worried about it. Cause I know for gravel racing, for example, that's like a totally different ball game and he's got he's got he's still gonna have like some really good fitness from cross season. Um and so even that like cyclocross is so different from say road racing that you can you can train differently for both of them. And like you with cyclocross you don't have to be doing a ton of volume, especially like during the season and it can kind of be more of a more of a secondary thing. I don't even know where I'm going with this. But. Well, you know,
1: I, but I think I know what you're saying. But I, I think what I wanted to add on to what you're saying is that cross is like a calculated workout right because you're going hard once a weekend maybe twice a weekend if you're racing twice but so maybe we need to define too what is Zwift racing like when I think of Zwift racing I think of like maybe one or two races a week but I don't know if are people thinking more than that because I know like talking to Patrick like he's doing like four or five races a week you know he's doing two in a night you know that's what Um, you gotta
0: do if you want to maintain your
1: your top ranking I (laughs) guess yeah yeah so I'm saying that's that's different. I think that's a, that's a different perspective of it. You know, I think if you're using Zwift racing to add in some intensity and to have fun and to like maybe, uh, substitute across season, then, then that's kind of one approach. But, um, yeah. but yeah, if you're doing a lot of racing, then then that, that doubles down on that. It's not going to work year round, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay. Second question from Sam Fuller, who is, very active in the Discord. <laughs> Consistently hitting the max available time for cycling 13 hours a week along with two gym sessions is not progressing duration, volume, or TSS a problem. Every fourth week is a recovery week, by the way.
1: Hmm. You, you, you kick this one off, man. Yeah. So I don't think it is because you
0: you only have a certain amount of time, so we got to make the most of what we got. I, I think it would be ideal if you could do some bigger weeks, like if maybe, oh, you know, I've got a week off of work and you can throw in like a 20-hour week or something like that. But I would just say the only, you can progress your training without increasing volume or TSS. Like you can you can overload your body just by working on different things. Um, even you look at it, it's like, oh, well this January, I'm doing three by 10 threshold intervals at 330 Watts last year, last January, I was doing three by 10 minute threshold intervals at 290 Watts. I mean, that in and of itself is an overload, even though you're not doing any more volume, that's still a progression. Cause we always talk about with training that if you want to get stronger, you have to progressively overload. I think people think that, oh, you've got to be increasing volume. Uh, in TSS, but there's a point where you can't do that anymore. It doesn't work that way. You don't just start out, Oh, I'm going to do 10 hours this week. And then I'm going to add an hour every week. And then by the time March rolls around, you're doing 40 hours a week. You know, it's, you overload your body by, Oh, we're going to work on strength training. And then we're going to add in some intensity. That's something that our body hasn't seen. I, I would say the biggest thing, if you are limited on time and you can't really do more than, you know, 10 or 12 hours a week is training variation. You got to keep your body on its toes. Those will be my thoughts on that.
1: And I think dude, like, I think that's great. Uh, I think you get the nail on the head there. I would say also too, is like, I don't stress too much on like specific TSS. I'm saying, I'm not saying you have to have a TSS that's 75. And then we got to do the workout that's 90 next week. And then we're doing 110. After that, I'm saying there are variations of making a workout that maybe on paper, like the TSS looks the same, but it's very different, you know, but, and it's a progression. Like I'm thinking like, I get a lot of my athletes right now. We're doing like as, as, um, intensity for this basis. And we're doing some lactate clearance work and like there are variations there on that. It's like 30 seconds and then two minutes and then like Mm -hmm. a minute and then two minutes. And like, there's different percentages there. And like, yeah, the TSS might look the same, but I know, and everyone knows from doing these workouts that dude, it's, it's hard. Like the the, the one by three is, is way harder than the one by one, you know? Um, so yeah. And so I guess I'm just doubling down on what you said of like that progression that, Mm -hmm. um, that yeah, it's, it's, unless you have an unlimited training time and like, yeah, you can really add the hours and you can really fine tune it, all this and that, I think just being consistent, getting the hours in, pushing yourself where you can getting some variety in there. Um, that's really what matters. And then also dude, I, I think you touched this. You had so much good stuff there, but if you're doing your 90 minute endurance ride or two hour endurance ride, um, I'm just saying like, for, this is like a lot of the boat that my athletes are in. Like during the week, we're getting like a two hour endurance ride in maybe like before or after work. Mm-hmm. And we're doing that at like 65%. And then maybe a couple of weeks later, we're trying to nail that at 70%. And then we're trying to nail that at 75%, you know, like, so there is a progression there. And like the TSS is kind of, is, it, it is increasing, but it's kind of marginal, but still riding two hours at 75 is definitely harder than at 65 Um So, yeah, I think that there are ways that within the confines of whatever your hours are to to find variety and variation there. Yeah, for sure. And I'm definitely, to me, with my
0: background, I'm more concerned about what's actually going on in your body rather than these arbitrary things that we've made up. Your body doesn't know what its CTL is or what its TSS is. It just knows, crap, this is really hard. (laughs) Like, And it's, it's not going to, it doesn't matter what, I mean, it does, it does matter. It's a good guide to see, like, I'll look at the performance management chart and see, okay, yeah, his CTL is building. We're, we're in a good place. Or I know he needs to reach this TSB approximately to be rested, but I don't pay that much attention to TSS. And I think people get too caught up in the numbers and they're just, they're obsessed with the TSS. Like, Oh, if I could just get my CTL up to a hundred, then I'm, going to win all these races, but yet the guy who, who trains only eight hours a week, if he, if he does it the right way, he can be tearing your legs off. I mean, it's, um, you got to look more at what systems you're training. Um, and also how that, uh, also you have to look at the individual athlete. I know for me, for example, I know that I have a really good aerobic engine, but always for me, a weakness has been strength. Um, and so I've actually seen my biggest gains in the off season by riding less and by just doing a ton of gym work, like last off season, I was only doing, this is not much for me. I was only doing maybe like 10 to 12 hours a week from like November through January. And I, my threshold went up like 20 Watts and I wasn't doing I was doing like some low cadence stuff and like some sprints, but it was like 90% of my intensity was from the gym. And then by the time I rolled around, I was doing the best numbers of my life. And so that was a way that I overloaded my body. Um, You know, a nuanced approach of this is a target area that I need to work on. I wasn't, my TSS was really low, (laughs) but I saw that progression. So, you know, if, if somebody has a really big weakness also, I mean,
1: you could be doing half as much TSS and get stronger. And dude, it's just like, I think what you're hitting on there is like what works also for one person isn't going to work for another person, you know? So that's mm-hmm. why it's like, if you're just chasing a metric the whole time, if you want to get your CTL up, like that, that, like that, that is easy. It's just like, dude, like do a plan, overload the TSS, like you're doing... I'm thinking like, I don't want to take shots here, but like, dude, that's like what a sweet spot plan is great for. You know, it's like, you're going to build that CTL for sure. Cause you're going to do two by 20 then three by 20 and then two by 30 and then three by 30 or whatever, you know? Um, and I, in in I don't know, it's, it's, it's just, you shouldn't be chasing metrics. You should be chasing race specifics, whatever, or goal specifics, you know, yep. that's what you should be going for. And what's going to put you in the best place for that goal. Yep. Um, yeah, so but it's easy, dude. People like to chase metrics. It's it's yeah. nice to see those numbers go up, and it, and but then, dude, the flip side of that is that it drives people crazy when it drops. You know, it's yeah. like it's like taking that 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 leap of faith when you're like, okay, I'm not going to focus on it.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, this goes back to me stalking pros on Strava, but there's, for example, um, like Remy Cavagna. He he only trains like as much as I do, <laughs> and which is not at a world tour level, like 700, 800 hours a year. And there's other guys, there's like Richie Port who's doing like 1,400 hours a year or something like that. He's doing like 30 to 40 hour weeks. And it's just, there's no one way to do it. There's so many different ways to do it. And everybody's completely different. Um, You just have to figure out what is, what is the thing that you need to focus on? And I think even if you're doing, especially if you're doing like shorter amateur races, volume, I mean, volume is important, but it's not the be all end all. I mean, if you can do more volume, that's going to make you stronger, but
1: that's not the only thing that matters. You know, dude, what I always say, about, I I say this more for strength plans, but you can, it's just like for all training in general is like the best training plan for an individual is the training plan that they're going to do and that they believe in. So whatever that is that you believe in, like do your research, you know, don't just find out what you, what you believe in, what works for you, what works with your life and your work and your friends and family and all that. And then go and do that. Like, don't, don't focus on all these things that these metrics and these hours and all this, like you're going to get faster. Just find out what works for you. And then trial and error. Like, that's also, again, like this isn't an infomercial for coaching, but, and I'm not saying it's going to be any coach, like that's where a coach is good to like bounce ideas off of. And just like Landry said before, like we aren't chasing metrics, you know, we're chasing, how do you feel? How did the body adapt to this? Like those are the things that we're tracking over time. Um, that, that, that a number you, you, there is no number that does that, you know? Yeah. I mean, totally. I think it's,
0: we've lost sight of how things actually feel. Um, and that's huge. We just, I, I'm a little guilty of this. You just look at the power meter, the heart rate. It's just like, oh man, my heart rate's way higher, you know, but I feel so good. I mean, for example, last off season or 20, a year ago, last off season, my heart rate was jacked all the way up until January, but I could feel that I was building towards something great. I could feel like okay, I feel really strong. I think once I get that aerobic fitness up a little bit, I'm going to be doing really good numbers. Cause I could just feel on the bike. I just felt so strong and powerful. And it was like, once I start doing a little bit more intensity and, and get my aerobic uh, fitness back up to meet this muscular strength that I've built, I think I'm going to be in a really good place. And that's exactly what happened. Um, like listen to your body and what You know what you feel you need to work on
1: exactly dude and that's where having a plan is nice because that's like going back to like group ride johnny and group ride betty or whatever you know it's like when you're like going out on a saturday ride and it's like i'm just gonna do what everybody else is doing and that's how you get yourself in trouble you know it's it's having some structure there and then you can track things over time and see what what does work and what doesn't work Mm -hmm. um yeah whatever yeah for sure yeah so I mean,
0: I guess takeaways from that would be don't compare yourself to other people. everybody's in different situations and I mean, if you were to train like somebody else, it might not be what's best for you just because this guy might be doing more volume if you if you were doing that same volume, if you were training the same way, you might not actually be doing any better than if you followed another plan. Um, and then also just, Look for different ways that you can overload your body um, through structured training blocks and just targeting specific systems, um, you know, that are going to be specific to your races and also to your weaknesses. Perfect. I love it. All right. Question three from Sid Jornell. 30 second to one minute sprints during base period
1: question mark i say yes i'm not saying every day i'm saying why not throw them in there get some intensity you need some intensity like every every week Mm -hmm. so if you're doing i mean brendan and i had this whole rap on town line sprints you know, like, dude, those are fun. <laughs> go not <out>. for me. <laughs> I always
0: get dusted. So.
1: <laughs> but hey, dude, it's like, uh, dude. I remember I haven't done I haven't done a group, but when I lived in, in New York City, we'd go across, dude. We do we do you go across the Fort or the, for, the Fort Lee Bridge? You go off the GWB George Washington Bridge into Fort Lee, and you go up 9W. And when you cross back from New Jersey into New York, there's a town line like at a little crest, and it's like, dude, everybody goes for a town line, and that was like the best part of like the group ride. It's yeah. like, yeah, dude, we're going for town line we would do that every every ride we did every weekend um and it was so much fun so i'm all for it yeah i think
0: i think there's such a huge like mental component to it as well like if you haven't actually if you start doing high intensity and you haven't gone hard in like three or four months it can be so hard to get back into it especially if you have like a lot of early season racing and you're back in the pack and just like, oh my goodness, I haven't done this hard of an effort. I haven't sprinted out of corners like this. I've just been doing like tempo and threshold endurance rides. I know for me, just mentally knowing, like mentally getting used to just going as hard as I can for 30 seconds to one minute is really helpful because it's like, no, I can do this. I've been working on this. For me, like that anaerobic is a huge weakness. And so I know that I have to, as much as I hate doing it, I know that I have to to do that regularly the whole year, even in the winter. Um, So I like doing these like 2040s where you go like as hard as you can for 20 seconds and then you do zone one spinning for like 40 seconds and you do like five of them. Um, My old coach had me, he would have me go out for like a four hour endurance ride and then every hour I would do like one of those five minute 2040s. And it was like, you know, this, this maybe isn't like, I could just go out and for an endurance ride and it wouldn't change the adaptations that much, but it's even just a mental thing of just reminding your body, uh, of what that's like. Um, and then also, you know, when you do start doing higher intensity in the, in the spring or whatever, Uh, I feel like your body's more prepared for it
1: and your mind. I like the mental side, dude. I mean, I think that's something that I I don't get across and why we do that intensity, you know, but that's huge. Cause it's, it's, if, if you just go and ride endurance all winter, which is like, yeah, dude, like for the most part, like, well. I, I take a step back here. That's I was going to say for the most part. That's what you're doing. That's not what we're doing. But I think it is good to keep that intensity for that mental sharpness. Because oh, yeah. Um, yeah, dude, when when you see that first like VO2 like later like months you know before your races in March or April or whatever, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh dude, this is going to be tough. And you're like, oh dude, you know I've been doing sprints. You know I've been going mm-hmm. long. I've been going short. Like um, yeah, I think that's huge. That 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 mental that mental edge. Keep it keep it slightly sharp throughout the winter. Yeah, and it's. I'm not, I even say
0: like almost especially early winter, November, December, even like once every 10 to 14 days of just you're still focusing mostly on the aerobic base, but it's just throwing that in there just to keep yourself used to going deep. I know for me for me those kind of intervals are really hard. I, I like longer like aerobic, intervals that's just what I enjoy um so just have just continuing to do those shorter harder efforts I have found it is really useful because when I when I get to that first race of the year or that first group ride I'm like no like I can I can handle this I've been I've been working on this um so yeah but actually another thing that I would touch on is doing those sort of anaerobic efforts are actually really good Uh, if you're doing gym work along with that, um, there was one study that it had, had, I think it had a control group. They were just doing endurance rides and then they had a, another group, they're doing the same amount of volume. It had another group that was doing, uh, twice a week, they were doing like 30 second sprints and these were trained cyclists and they didn't actually find any change, uh, I don't think the study was long enough to find any change, but they didn't actually find any change in like power numbers, but they found um, an increased EMG activity um, in the muscle, which basically means they had better motor unit recruitment. Um, So I really like to combine like sprinting with gym training. Uh, It's kind of similar to what like track sprinters do they'll do a lot of these. I mean, they'll do, do a ton of gym work, but then they'll do these short sprints and you're training your body. You go in the gym, you build these really strong muscles. Um, But then you need to teach those muscles to pedal a bike. (laughs) Um, If you don't actually do what's specific to your sport, then you have to, or then it's not going to do any good. And so doing really short anaerobic efforts is like super, requires a lot of neural, uh, neural activation. And so it's, it's basically just, you're, you're teaching your muscles, you're using the strength that you're building in the gym to um, enhance your bike training. So I think, yeah, sprinting
1: in the winter, especially if you're doing base training is uh, also really effective i got i got two things here man first i believe you have that neuromuscular blog coming out mm-hmm. i think it'll be out before it'll be out now yeah. people are listening to this yeah um which is dope dude that that whole write-up is awesome so anybody should check that out that'll be on the evoke site and i just rode this past weekend i was riding mountain bikes with my buddy travis and he just started doing gym work for the past month and we were doing some like short efforts on some technical climbs and he was like he was dusting me i felt terrible he also felt really good and he was just like dude like the, the heart rate is pretty low. The RPE is like crazy low. He's like, do you think it was it's from the gym work? I'm like, dude, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and he's just like, oh man, this is the first season. He's done it too. He was just like, oh man, this is awesome. I should have done this so much so long ago. Yeah. It's
0: especially for guys who have been riding for a long time and they have that aerobic fitness. You just add on the, the gym and it's like, it just takes them to another level. It's, it's just so interesting to me. Like my, my undergrad was actually in strength and conditioning and it's you look at all these other sports and this is kind of a tangent, but you look at all these other sports and they do strength training because they know if I lift super heavy stuff in the gym that I can't do anywhere else, it's going to make me a better sprinter or it's going to make me a better gymnast or it's going to make me a better, you name it. And it's the exact same. Cycling is no different. If you can overload your muscles in the gym, you're going to be able to produce more force. You're going to be able to produce more power. That's not even touching on, you know, the injury prevention or like bone density or hormones or anything like that, or just feeling like a normal, healthy person.
1: Um, yeah, the gym is awesome. So, <laughs> if, if you have gotten a PFA from me, or if you do get a PFA from me, I will, and you don't do strength training, I for every PFA I've ever done, I always say this is low hanging fruit and there's no reason that you shouldn't be doing this. Like just get in the gym or don't even have to get in the gym. Just do something, do something body weight. You can do anything, you know, yeah. um, low hanging fruit for sure. Yeah. It's, and it's, it doesn't
0: even take that much time. You Twice, especially if you don't do it twice a week, like 45 minutes to an hour. I mean, that's it. It's, I think people as pain-seeking cyclists we have this mindset of you have to spend hours and hours and hours to get stronger but the gym is a completely different sport <laughs> and i'm guilty of this i go in the gym it's like oh, i feel like i need to to lift more i feel like i need to do more more reps than this this doesn't feel hard enough because you just do you know i just do five by five squats and, and i'm done in like 15 minutes like that didn't feel hard enough I'm used to going out for a five-hour endurance ride and being just destroyed at the end um so that's also really hard (laughs) and that's why that's why I'm a big fan of RP lifting I know there's like the Matt Bigford podcast but
1: that's something I've always used too and I was going to say too dude just to, to to piggyback off of what you're saying and I know you have your own plan and I got my plan and That's why I think having a plan going into the gym, not to, not to complicate things. I'm I'm saying, I think you should do something, but having a plan going in of like five workouts, because otherwise you get in there and you're like, I should be doing more. And then you're in there for two hours or 90 minutes or whatever. And it's like, you don't need that, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. And just like you said, Landry, like you're probably doing more than you think with less, you know, like I have five workouts on my session. Sometimes it's only four. And like, dude, that still takes me 45 minutes to an hour, you know, Mm -hmm. but some guys send me, you know, their workouts. And I'm like, dude, I don't know how you got through this whole thing in an hour. This would take me literally two hours. (laughs) You don't need to be jumping around that much. Yeah. Yeah. It's you're
0: doing plenty of jumping around the whole point of this is totally tangent. We should probably talk about this more in another podcast, but the whole point of the strength training is it's, it's not endurance. It's neural. It's, it's just training your, your mind and your muscles to work efficiently. And it's, it doesn't take long. It's like, I don't know. It's almost as if you do your math homework for 15 minutes a night, you're just reminding your brain, like, this is how you move these muscles in an efficient way.
1: I don't know. That's my analogy. (laughs) That's great, dude. I don't know how we got on this strength tangent, but I think, I think we answered the question. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do, do hard efforts in the winter. Just don't do them all the time. Still focus on the base. Um, but throw, throw in the intensity, even though once every couple of weeks go on the group ride. you know, it's fun. It'll
1: keep you, keep you with the leg speed, get some hard efforts in for sure um, and it, there's a social side there dude not to not to go too much more into absolutely. this but i'm saying like this we'll, we'll end it here but uh, with this question i'm not a, no, none of us at evoke are against group rides i'm saying it's fun i'm just saying you shouldn't be doing those all the time you know mm-hmm. that's it i love group rides don't get me wrong it's just finding a way that like it's not all the time and something you look forward to yeah
0: yeah that's uh, that's another tangent <laughs> this is like the guy who wants to hire me but he's like yeah but i really want to do these two group rides on tuesdays and thursdays and also on saturday and then i want to go and (laughs) and then i want to go out and do this climbing ride that i always do on sunday up this really hard climb And it's like okay well if you hire me as a coach the only thing i'm going to give you is recovery rides because that's way too
1: much yeah yeah so that's why i think it's finding Finding it's finding the right people to come aboard who have the open mind because sometimes like and and dude that's why it's so great about the Discord is that people are open to different ideas and I I know I am I know all the coaches are like it's just like if you have an idea well let's talk about it like why do you do this why do you think this is good and then like we're all just trying to like you know level up so what works for you might not work for me but maybe what what works for me could work for someone else or something you know like be open to some new ideas yeah it's not. It's not like, um, people, I think people seem to think
0: that with the coaching, it's like, Oh, I'm just, I'm bossing you around. I'm telling you what to do. And it's not, it's like a mutual thing of, and this is, this is where communication is key of just, you know, the athlete has to tell you how they're feeling and, and this is total tangent, (laughs) but, um,
1: yeah, it's. I have no idea what I was even talking about. Well, dude, you know what I always go back to? And Brendan has said this multiple times is, and this has always stuck with me. And like, not to go back to like another analogy and all this, but it's like, you are the captain of the ship. I am going to help you steer, mm-hmm. but you're in charge. Dude, yeah, you're, you wanna... doing the, you're doing the training. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You want to go off course, dude, fine. I'm going to try to help you navigate these waters as best I can, but you are in charge. Yeah.
0: That answered probably about 15 questions. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's see here. Okay. Why do we only hear about time crunch cyclists and not time crunched runner or time crunched bodybuilder? Okay. So I remember Brent or Brendan. Or no, somebody else in the discord answered that part of the question. And they said, well, it's because you have to train a lot more to be good at cycling than you do it to be running and bodybuilding, which is true. The second part of this question is, what about cycling makes people think they have to go harder because they, in quotes, don't have enough time?
1: Hmm. <sighs> hmm. What are your thoughts?
0: Uh, I just think it's that mindset of you have to feel like you had a good workout. You have to feel to get stronger. You have to feel totally smashed. And, and if you if you can't go on ride for five hours every day, then you need to cram all that in, into, into one hour. So I'm, you know, I'm just going to do Swift race on Monday, threshold intervals on Tuesday, you know, the sweet spot workout on Wednesday. <laughs> um. I think it's the misconception that you can, I think it's a misconception that you can supplement or that you can replace volume, which there are certain ways we can get the most out. If you're limited for time, if you're time crunched, there are ways that we can get the most out of that time. At the end of the day, if you can train for 20 hours a week, that's better than if you can train for 10 hours a week. Um, I think it's the belief that just because Rather that you can cram more volume into less
1: time by going harder. Yeah, no, dude, I think you're exactly right. And, and and I think want to elaborate more on what you were saying that if someone does have time crunch, yes, I think that there are ways that we could, you know, maybe you do, we throw a little bit more tempo work in there at the higher endurance zone. But it's not like we're saying okay, we're going to give you intervals five days a week. You know, like that's not going to be the case, but no, dude, I think you nailed it. And I, I, and where mine, my, where my mind goes on this as well is when you see people on Strava, like I love Strava, don't get me wrong, but people that go out there are getting a KOM every single ride, you know, and you're like, like well,
0: well,
1: yeah, but, I'm saying, but, but Brendan is also like, I'm saying his whole KOM hunting season didn't help our cause here, but um, outside <laughs> of that, like, yeah, like I'm like, yes, maybe if you're riding in the suburbs when he was in Tennessee or whatever, then maybe he's getting some, some other KOMs there. But what I'm getting at is you don't have to go out and get a KOM every time, you know, it's, 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 that's not, you don't have to KOM hunt, go out, do your endurance rides. Um, yeah, you don't have to be going hard all the time. I guess this is a long way of me just saying exactly what you said. You just don't have to go hard all the time and you can't, you don't have to condense that, you know, do your intervals on your interval days. You don't have to you know, if you don't have two hours or oh, I have to do twice as many intervals in an hour, no, it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Um, this reminds me of a quote by a controversial,
0: um, cycling doctor slash coach, but he said it's the same for the pros that is as it is for you. The only thing that's different is the amount of training. Like the concepts are the same. It's just, They're pros and we're amateurs, (laughs) but I mean, we're all humans. So yeah, it doesn't human physiology doesn't change just because you can only train 10 hours a week. You can only handle so much of that high intensity. And the research is pretty conclusive that like you just, you can't, there's no added benefit to going
1: harder, um, more than you should. And also like, if you want to break out that question, like zoom out to 10,000 feet, like, okay, here's where you are now. These are the intervals you're doing. Here's what your goal race is or your goal event is doing way more intensity now really going to help you get there to like your one hour crit or whatever. Like, yes. If you're, if you come to me and you're like, Hey, my goals are to win the national championship, you know, like, okay. Like, like maybe we have to tweak some things for you, but I'm saying like, if, if look at what your goals are and like, I'm sure what you're doing and if you have a coach or if you've done your research and you, you have your own plan, like I'm sure you're on track for that. You don't have to keep adding more or condensing it. Um, Yeah. We're off on another tangent here, but this is, this is, this is the Discord tangent dojo. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, I
0: think that's also where it's super helpful to have a coach because that's my tendency. Is I always feel like I need to be doing more. It's like, should I do this extra day of intervals because I feel like I need to be really smashed before I before I take this rest week? And it's like, no. Is really is doing this workout actually gonna give me anything more over going and doing endurance red or something like that and you need to more often than not I find that with coaching with my athletes it's harder to tell them to hold or it's harder for them to hold back than it is to go hard almost all of them I know when I start coaching a lot of them they're just like like this is it <laughs> like I don't I shouldn't this feel harder?
1: No, not always, man. That's it. well. I can't remember what the exact quote was that Brendan had that he it was in a podcast or something. It was like, "Make your easy days easier, so your harder days can be harder." I think that's what it was, something like that. And it's like that's kind of the truth of it, you know. Like, I, I you don't need to be going hard all the time, but you when you do, when you should go hard, you should be going really hard, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, but that doesn't also mean that uh, and, and and yeah, dude, I, I think exactly. Just to summarize, this is. You don't always have to feel smashed after every ride, after every session, after it, you just don't have to feel that way. Like it's, it's, you're just digging yourself a hole then dude. Cause like your body is adapting. And if you're just constantly smashing, you're just not going to adapt quick enough. Like give yourself some time to rest. Yeah. That's,
0: I mean, that's the classic newbie mistake is, I mean, I know this is when I first started, it was like, if it doesn't feel hard, <laughs> then then you're not training. I remember my my dad said that. I remember when we started riding, he was like, I was like, man, you used to ride so hard all the time. And he's like, yeah, well, I just thought if I wasn't going hard, I wasn't training. So (laughs) it was just like my old training rides were go out for like two hours every day after school and just ride as hard as possible. And then I would just be totally smashed and just, I'd take a day off and then, then I'd just do it again for the next six days. So, and I like, of course, if you're not trained, you get faster to a point, but then
1: by the time summer came around, I was, I was pretty toast. <laughs> and it mentally wears on you, you know, outside of the phys- physicality of it all, like that mentally just where like, Oh dude, I got to go out. Like, no dude, that's why it's good to periodize these things. And like, it's like, okay, Hey, like I got three hours of endurance. Like this is fun. You know, this is different. And then mm-hmm. I get to smash it later in the week on my intervals.
0: Yeah, I totally like I find a lot of times if it's, if I haven't done an, a high intensity workout in a few days, then it's like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what I can do on this. Like, I haven't done this workout in a week. I want to see. I want to smash this. I'm really excited to see what I can do versus in the past when I've done, I had a coach who, in my opinion, gave me. This was before I knew much about training, but he gave me just he was giving me like three days a week of VO2 max in November, basically. And, yeah, it was it was not a good situation but um yeah I think my takeaway from this would be you should not feel tired I would say kind of we talk about the 80 20 rule of like 20% of your reds should be hard 80% of your reds should be not easy but not like high intensity days I almost feel like it's the same thing with how you should feel like maybe 20% of the time you should feel really tired. Like you got a good overload, but 80% of the time you should just feel like that was good. Right. Let's go and do it again tomorrow. I often find like at the end of a block, at the end of a training block is when I feel tired. Like I need a rest week and that's good. That means I had a really solid three or four week block, but it took me three weeks to actually feel that way. Um, so you just have to dose
1: it out and um just consistency as cliche as it is. I know, but dude, that's the truth. I feel like when I'm doing my, my, my training peaks review, I use the word consistency the most, you know, I consistently use the word consistency. Um, Cause yeah, that's what it is, man. It's just like, either you're consistent or you're not. And like, when you're consistent, it, it just, dude, that's what you need. That's like, I don't know, but yeah, yeah. And I mean, you're not going to be
0: consistent. At a point, you're not going to be consistent if you're always smashing it because you're going to sooner or later, you're going to even if you continue to just plug away, your quality is going to go down. And I mean, that's you're going to be consistently overtrained at that point. So, yeah,
1: for sure, man. All right. Let's see. I think that was it. Well, people should submit more questions. I think there are more questions. There there. are. We just chose four because we didn't
0: want to take too long. But yeah, so join the Discord. Discord Dojo Thread. You'll see it, I think, towards the bottom. Just throw a question on there, and uh, we will try to answer it. Uh, Yeah, let us know your thoughts in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, and be sure to tune in next time. Join the Discord. Check out our website. Peace. All right. I'll see you, dude.